Jesus tells us in the Bible of the parable of a merchant looking for fine pearls, and how this is similar to finding the kingdom of heaven. When you find the kingdom of heaven, your salvation is like a precious pearl. There is nothing more valuable than security for your soul. Just as in the parable when the merchant found just one pearl, he sold all he had to purchase it. This is Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. Jesus, Welcome to Precious Pearls Ministries podcast on the Resilient Christian Radio Network station. I am Sister Dana Carter, your host, and I just want to thank you for tuning in today, and I pray that you are blessed by what you hear. I pray that you will apply it to your life and that you will know that it is definitely for you. This is not a mistake that you tune into here today because today we're going to talk about something that is in the church of the saved and also in the world, and it's depression. We are going to talk about that throughout this hour, and I just pray that you will take something away that will bless you and those in your family and friend circle. Let us pray to begin, and let's start off first with a verse, and let us remember this. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let us hold on to that. Let us hold on to that fact that that is so much love that he demonstrated there. And this podcast is going to be about depression. And first off, I want to say too, thank you for everyone who listened last week. It was just God. That was amazing. That was my first podcast ever. And I am just so thankful for every person that tuned in, every soul that heard the message, is Jesus Christ your Lord. I'm so thankful that everyone tuned in and listened. And I would encourage you to share that with your friends and family and just continue to share our podcast. And it would just be a blessing to all those who hear. And I'm going to pray now, Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for Thursday, August the 2nd, 2018, a day that some did not see, but those who did, you are blessing them right now for tuning into this message and hearing what says the Lord, because here we share the blessed Bible and the blessed hope, which we find in Jesus Christ. I ask you, Lord, to help us all to be hearers, readers, and doers, obedient doers of your holy word. We have to consider your character and come under your leadership, surrender to you each day of our lives. Help us to choose things that are pleasing in your sight. Help us to focus on things that are of you and not things of the world, not our circumstances, not our situations, not our diagnosis, but Lord, help us to focus on you and all things. And I ask that you just place a blessing on this message, Lord, and that you use it for your glory in your precious name, I pray. Amen. As I mentioned, we are going to talk about depression. The reason why I thought about uh, and I was praying about talking about this is because of the most recent things I read online about Demi Lovato. When my children were little, I have four children and their age is 23, 19, 18, and 15. 
So when my oldest child, um, Siani, was was a little girl, she used to watch Demi Lovato on Barney. That's where she came from. And Selena Gomez was on there with her. And um, so they were friends back then. And she recently had an overdose. And they were stating that there's methamphetamines in her system. And it just shows you that people that have all the things that the world tells you that you should have and that you should desire and you you know people know her she walks down the street she has fame she has fortune you know and it's hollow it's hollow because it's you know i do not believe just because she has a cross tattoo on her hand that she has surrendered her life to jesus christ i think that there's a lot of things that go on under the surface in the, the um, entertainment industry and it's a lot of wickedness there and i just feel that she is caught up in that and i just ask all of you all to pray for her that she recognizes her need for Jesus Christ and as she recognizes that while she was in sin Christ died for her and that she turns to him before it is too late before some kind of tragic story comes out that she actually does overdose another time it is only by his mercy that she's alive right now um <clears throat> some other hollywood stars who battle depression are Anne Hathaway these names you are probably familiar with Marie Osmond Ashley Judd, Alicia Keys, Jim Carrey, um, Owen Wilson, the guy from Lightning McQueen Cars. Uh, many of these people are are battling depression. Lady Gaga, um, all these people, because they, they have seen that that lifestyle is not all it's supposed to be. And in the book of Psalms, chapter 12, 121 verse 1 it states i will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help so i'm going to deal with this subject called depression and it's a very needed subject in this day we hear of so many who say they're depressed and it happens to all age groups i worked as a behavioral health technician in a hospital here in Missouri and there were many children in there who were depressed they were on meds to even go to sleep they couldn't sleep without meds they were in um basically drug induced stupors and it was just awful to see how these children had such um sad dispositions it was just like every night they had to go to the window and get their meds just so they could function and it's part of depression um our text will be in First Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, and I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, by tomorrow about this time and when he saw that he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba which belongeth to Judah and left his servant there but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said it is enough now O Lord take away my life for I am not better than my father's and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake 
bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. As Christians, sometimes we can live on the spiritual mountaintop. The spiritual mountaintops are the times we are living on the victory side of life. It is a place where we are close to God and our trials don't bother us. Most of the time, we are not on the mountaintops, but in the valleys. Down in the valley is where we face the trials and the temptations of life. Battles take place in the valley, and many times we face defeat in these valleys. This is where we get whipped and become defeated. There are many valleys in the Word of God, and we need to study them from time to time. There is another place that we as Christians find ourselves sometimes, and it's a spiritual wilderness. The children of Israel stayed and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and unfortunately, we spend most of our Christian life in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of wandering around and never getting anywhere. Actually, in the wilderness, many times, we don't even know where we're headed. Many today have no idea what God wants for their life and don't even try to find out. They're just wandering and wandering aimlessly. The strange thing is most of us wait until we get about ready to fall into the graveyard and then we find out what God wants. That's basically what I did. I am 52 years old and it took me the last five, ten years to find out what God wanted for my life. And thankfully, I believe that the Lord has, according to his will, more years for me to do his service. And I just wish that in my youth, I would have recognized that. Sometimes we are very far gone in our lives to do much about about that. And when we begin to stare death in the face, we find out what God wanted us to do 40 or 50 years ago, some of us. The wilderness is also a place of training. Christians, I have found, including myself, need a lot of training. Like the Israelites, even 40 years of training is not sufficient. Many of the Israelites were cut off and buried short of knowing what God wanted out of them. God had to raise up a whole nother crowd to carry on. They could have gone to Canaan's land in 11 days after coming out of Egypt, but it took 40 years for them to get there because of their unbelief. Did you know that? I did not know that it was only an 11-day journey, but because of their, their unbelief and disbelief, it took 40 years for them to get there. There's another place that Christians can dwell in spiritually, and it's called the desert. And in the desert, there are many pitfalls and pits you can fall into. It's a place of dryness, deadness, drought, and all sorts of things. And the deserts are dangerous places. Out of these four places we can dwell in, the mountaintop, the valley, the wilderness, or the desert, we spend less time on the mountain than all the rest. The mountaintop is the least likely place to have depression. The other three breed depression. I don't know where you're dwelling now, but you are in one of these four places. According to statistics, one out of every 10 people suffer from depression. Everybody has suffered from some sort of depression or several sorts of depressions. I am not a medical scientist or doctor on this subject, but I have done enough research to be able to maybe help a little bit on the subject. I'm told by the medical field that depression can make arthritis worse. It can also make asthma, diabetes, and obesity worse, along with heart disease. Depression also causes absenteeism on the job, and that's why people stay out of work many times. They have no desire for work. It'll cause some short-term disability, or it will decrease your productivity. Depression is many times a spiritual problem. 
it needs to be recognized as such. Sometimes you can have a physical problem in your body that causes these same symptoms. As a general rule, a lot of depression that we are finding is a result of a spiritual problem. I read where a prominent man said, I am now the most miserable man living. If what I feel was equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on the earth. To remain as I am is impossible. I must die to be better. Guess who said that? It was none other than Abraham Lincoln, yet he became a president of the United States. He suffered from depression, and people who are suffering from depression have some general characteristics about them, and I believe I've met some of them in my daily walk. Like I told you about the people I worked with in the behavioral health hospital I worked in. I also worked in a hospital in a forensics department in Missouri as well, and there were adults there that suffered from that same thing. People who suffer from depression have a sad countenance as a general rule. In the medical terms, we call it a flat affect. And it's opposite of the joy God can give you. Depressed people do not enjoy being around other people and their friends. They even feel like life is not worth living. Depression makes them feel worthless. Have you ever been there? I have. I have felt worthless. I have felt like no one cared. Um... And many times, people that feel worthless will have eating disorders, either eating too much or not eating at all. You know, depression can cause that. It can hit you both ways. People with depression have problems making decisions on their own, and it's hard for them to pinpoint anything. Sometimes they have trouble sleeping, and it even gets bad enough sometimes to cause them to have thoughts of suicide. I have been there myself. Our churches in our modern day seem to overlook the problems we're living with depression we're having with depression. As long as we overlook the problem, we'll never find a cure. If we don't get a cure, we'll get worse and worse. There's no reason for anyone to be depressed. It's when we look at the circumstances, the problems, and the heartaches in our lives and things around us, we get depressed. As long as we are looking to the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting his holy word, we will have no problem with depression. Many will tell us that if we had to put up with what they had to put up with and live like they had to live, we would be depressed also. Many wives will blame the husband for their depression. Many husbands will blame their wives for their depression. And many times the problem is with the one you see in the mirror every morning. I found out a long time ago that my biggest problem is me, the face that I see every day. You ought to get a hold of your hand and run it up to your arm and see who it's attached to. You will find that will be your problem. We'll now look at when depression usually hits. Depression usually hits after some kind of victory comes in your life. Let's look at it from the secular world for a moment. In this sportsman world, when a team wins and wins, it will gain confidence and get to a state of self-confidence. The players will become so confident they will not think they can be defeated. Then they get defeated and they become depressed and fall flat on their face. The same has happened to Elijah in our text. He was a great man of God, and in chapter 18, he has had a victory. In chapter 19, he suffers defeat and depression. He has just had a spiritual high. He just won that battle over the devil. And many times, we'll have a very good church service where people are blessed and some are saved. And the very next day, you may have the worst day you've had in a long time. Your spiritual high becomes a spiritual low. So depression can come just after a great time of revival, victory, and blessings. Depression can happen after a great loss. 
It can be the death of a loved one, a friend, or a close family member. I was very depressed when my mother died and my father before her. It was very, very depressing because I felt as though the person who was, you know, of course, with me my entire life was gone. The person who understood me the most was gone. I lost my mother two years ago and I miss her dearly, honestly. She was one of the strongest, most wonderful people in my life. And I just felt like I had always a cheerleader, a person who would always understand me. And I realized, though, I realized that she surrendered her life to the Lord and I didn't lose her. I know where she is. She is with Jesus Christ. She is safe. She has no more cancer, no more pain, no more sickness, um, no more confinement to a bed and loss of her ability to drive and things that she loved to do. and. I realized that the person that God allowed to be my mother, the person who gave her to me and me to her, loves both of us much more than either of us could have loved each other. The deep love I have for my mother is nothing compared to the love I have for Jesus Christ. And I just, I'm so thankful to God for her life. And I, I am just thankful. You may lose your job and your income. Um, it can be the loss of your fortune or even your health. When you can't provide family, it is easy to feel useless and helpless. Depression can hit you when you're tired physically and you may not even realize it. It has been proven that being tired physically, emotionally, and spiritually can help to bring on depression. When your brain gets overworked, your emotions get overworked, and your flesh gets overworked, you will get into a depressed state. Sometimes we can get overworked in the work of God, but usually though people are too lazy to get tired working for God. It is more of a problem to get people to work for God than to get them overworked. Most folks are trying to see how little they can do instead of how much they can accomplish for the Lord. It's been proven that there are three things that contribute to depression. As already mentioned, being physically tired, emotionally tired, and being mentally tired will aid in, in depression. When your brain, your body, and your emotions are tired, you become weak and susceptible to depression. For this reason, we should always get plenty of rest. God made the day for man to work and the night for man to rest. Anything that will disrupt our rest will take its toll on us many times by depression. In Numbers chapter 11, we find a man by the name of Moses that got a touch of depression. The Bible re reveals that Moses was the meekest man on earth. He was a good godly man who followed God, but he suffered from depression. He led over a million and a half people through the wilderness for 40 years. In Numbers chapter 11 and verse 10, the Bible says that Moses heard the people weep throughout their families, every man in the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. The people were weeping because they were tired of the manna they were given to eat. They were remembering the fish, the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic they had when back in Egypt. Egypt in the Bible is a type of the world. So in effect, the Israelites wanted the worldly food, not the heavenly food provided by the Lord. And how true that is today as well. Now let's look at some more of this story. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 11, verses 11 through 15, And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found, found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? 
Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth a sucking child, unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? When should I have flesh to give unto all this people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. I believe Moses got to the place that he was a little bit depressed. He got tired, and he said, Just kill me. Moses said, I can't do it. I brought them out here in the wilderness and they want something and I can't give it to them. I can't provide for them. And am I the one that brought them into this world? Am I the one that is supposed to nurse them? Am I the one who is supposed to take care of them? If you don't give them meat, if you don't give them flesh, then just kill me. Moses suffered from depression. Now let's slide over into the book of Jonah. Let's look at Jonah chapter number four and verse one. The Bible said, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Verse two says, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life for me for it is better for me to die than to live here is old jonah and he got into that suicidal mode as they would say today jonah wasn't ready to take his life but he got to the place he was saying lord you take my life that's what moses said moses said just kill me that is basically what elijah said lord just kill me i believe old samson basically got to that place after they had taken hot pokers and burned his eyes out he had been put down in a prison house and he was walking around and around trying to pull the grinding wheel. I believe for a little space of time before his hair grew back that he said to himself, hey, I'm useless. I believe that he was depressed and he got his strength back and said, Lord, let me take more in my death than I did in my life. And God spared him and granted his request. I believe David from time to time was in a state of depression when Absalom, his son, was trying to kill him. How horrible is that? You see this in today on those shows like Killer Kids where the kids kill their parents. So this has happened in Bible times and now. I believe sometimes when you read the book of Psalms, you'll find where David got into a time of disparity and wanted somebody to take his life. He didn't say that, but I believe he was trying to look at these things and he thought himself useless and depression set in. Somebody said, if you had to face what I faced, you would be depressed too. Let's think about John on the Isle of Patmos. If anybody had the right to be depressed, John did. They had cast him out for the word of God and for his testimony and put him on the aisle by himself. There he is. He could have given up and quit, but instead he got in the spirit on the Lord's day. This gives us a good remedy for depression. Get in the spirit of God. Now, let's look at the apostle Paul. You would think that he would have the right to be depressed. He was put in jail or prison every time he turned around. They whipped him, put him in jail, or run him out of town all the time for preaching the word of God. They talked about him, ridiculed him, and tried to take his life many times. Instead of giving up or getting depressed, he just said in Philippians 3, chapter 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He just kept on going for God. Going back to Elijah, let's try to see what happened. What is depression? To sum it up, depression is having feelings of extreme discouragement. Many times after a good service on some Sunday night, I've had experienced some sort of depression on Monday. The devil crawls on my back and discourages me. 
My body is still tired from preaching on the Lord's day. My mind is weak and I allow the devil to speak. The result, like Elijah, I begin to have my own personal pity party. Discouragement breeds depression. If we stay in a discouraged state long enough, we'll be depressed. Everybody has a problem with discouragement. Discouragement brings dejection and finally despair. Despair breeds hopelessness. When this hopelessness sets in and you begin to think there is nothing that can change your situation and no hope for any improvement, you become a miserable wretch. You're now in a depressed state. You're miserable and you can't help nobody with anything. You need help yourself. You may be in the state of mind that you think even God can't help you. Now, let us look at old Elijah. He got discouraged because Jezebel threatened to kill him. As he began to think more and more on his problem with what Jezebel said, he became depressed and started living on Defeat Avenue. Defeat Avenue is just across the street from Wits End Corner. If you're not careful, it will not be long until you move over to Wits End. First Kings 19.4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Remember, I told you about the wilderness. When we get to the wilderness, we get in trouble. Elijah got down to the wilderness and sat down. He moved over to wit's end and wanted to die. We all have been there from time to time. And many have said, I'm just not going back to church anymore. I'll just not read my Bible. I'm going to quit praying. It don't do any good anyway. You are now having your own personal pity party. Elijah got there. In his this condition, we find God is not in control of Elijah's life. Elijah is in control. In chapter 18, Elijah is at his best. And in chapter 19, Elijah is at his worst. You see, it doesn't take long to be victorious and then be defeated. In chapter 18, Elijah is facing 450 prophets of Baal face to face, and then he wins the victory over them. In chapter 19, Elijah is running from one woman, Jezebel, one woman who is an ungodly, hellish, evil woman with a big mouth. You say, where did you get that? In chapter 19, verse 2, then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the one of them by tomorrow about this time. Elijah has just been told that he would be dead in 24 hours. You see, in chapter 18, he was on the mountaintop with the victory. Now he is in the valley with defeat plastered all over him. In chapter 18, Elijah is in charge. By the hand of the Lord, of course, and in chapter 19, Jezebel is in charge of his life. In chapter 18, Elijah is standing for God and against the devil, and in chapter 19 is sitting under a juniper tree with his thumb in his mouth having a pity party. In chapter 18, he is happy, excited, and victorious, and in chapter 19, he is sad and pouting. In chapter 18, he is preaching with a message from God. In chapter 19, he's praying and asking God to just kill me. In chapter 18, Elijah is a spiritual giant, and in chapter 19, he is a spiritual wimp and a spiritual dwarf. Now, just let me share some things with you about Elijah. Up to this point, he had been obedient to God in all things. In chapter 17, verse 3, God said, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. God gives him a command. Now, look at verse 5. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Elijah obeyed God. In chapter 17 and verse 9, God tells Elijah to go to Zarephath. And so Elijah arose. What God said, Elijah did. In chapter 18, 1 to 3, we see Elijah was a man who followed the instruction of the Lord. But in our text, Elijah is down in the dumps under the juniper tree.
In chapter 17, verse 1, we also find that Elijah is a powerful man. He had the power and authority to shut up the heavens and stop it from raining. It did not rain for three and a half years until Elijah prayed for heaven to open again. In chapter 18, verses 37 to 38, we see Elijah calling down fire from heaven. Beloved, if Elijah, with all this power and authority from God, got depressed, why would we think we're exempt from depression? It will take God in complete charge and control of our lives from getting depressed. In chapter 17, verse 6, we see that all the needs of Elijah were met. God fed him bread and flesh by the ravens every morning and evening. In 17.9, God commanded a widow woman to sustain him. In chapter 18, verse 36 to 37, we find Elijah prayed only 63 words and fire came down from heaven. So he was a man who had power with God in prayer. Now he is under the juniper tree, stressed out and depressed. He became emotionally disturbed and he saw himself as alone. In chapter 19, we find three things about Elijah. He was tired physically. He had fear of Jezebel's threat of his life, and he had just had a spiritual victory in chapter 18. In verse 3 of chapter 19, notice he saw. That means he began looking at the circumstances around him, which will bring defeat every time. He even looked at his problems through a spiritual telescope, which magnified them even more. Elijah, like Peter, looked at the winds that were raging around him instead of keeping his eyes on the Lord. He took his eyes off the source of his victory. What is our remedy for depression as a child of God? First, get your eyes back on the Lord and quit looking at the problems and the circumstances. Do as David said in Psalm 121.1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Second, we need a heavenly touch. When Elijah sat down under the juniper tree and went to sleep, then an angel touched him. We need that touch from above to get new direction. The angel told him to arise and eat. We need to eat some heavenly food. The angel had prepared a cake, bacon, and a cruise of water. This is a type of the word of God. The touch is a type of the touch of the Holy Spirit. The cake and water is a type of the word of God. We not only should keep our eyes on the Lord, but keep in the word of God. Seek only instruction from God. Then we need to do as chapter 19 and verse 15 tells Elijah, go return on thy way. We need to get up and get back at it. There is no room in the work of God for quitters. Remember, winners don't quit and quitters don't win. I trust that this message has helped you and please let God have complete control of the affairs of your life. If you are not saved, repent and call upon the Lord while you have the opportunity. Your first and foremost problem is not depression, but salvation. After salvation, God and only God can give you complete victory over sin, the world, the flesh, and the devil. I just want to say thank you so much for being here with me today and hearing about depression. And I would encourage you to get your Bibles and study these verses and meditate on these things anytime that you are feeling depressed because God is for you. That is why Jesus came. That is why Jesus lived. And that is why Jesus died. It is for you. You is why. And I just want you to personalize that and know that in all of your heart.
Father God, thank you for this message. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way out of depression. Your word is the answer to everything in our lives. And I just ask you, Lord, to use this message for your glory in your precious holy name. Amen. I pray that you come back next week on Thursday at 2 p.m. Central and listen to us again teach you from the blessed Bible and the blessed hope. Remembering that everything that has breath should praise the Lord. And you have breath today, so praise the Lord. He is going to help you. God bless. When you discover the kingdom, it is worth everything you have to give up because you gain eternity with the Lord, the creator of your soul. And without him, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. How precious is a pearl. How precious a soul is to God. Thank you for listening to Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. This broadcast is copyrighted by Precious Pearls Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.